Divorce is not a divine command, but a gracious divine concession because of the hardness of man's heart. You're tuning in to Crookwine Dumagedi Podcast, where it's all about relationships. We exist to glorify God by making disciples in the spirit of love. You are currently listening to our series titled, Jesus on the Move. I just want to commit this hour to you, our gathering here, as we come into your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, please be seated. Now, today, we will continue with our series in Mark, but technically, daily kita mudwell sa Gospel of Mark. Uh, this is kind of like a follow-up of the message last Sunday on the topic about marriage and divorce. Now, some of you may think you don't need this message. You do. All of us do. Because we live in such a culture wherein the pursuit of, in any culture actually, we live in such a world nga, maskit unsang a culture, the pursuit of many people can be summed up with these words. Self-fulfillment. Sometimes the words the words used to refer to the same thing is self-realization or self-actualization. Now, si Kent Hughes, who a Bible commentator and teacher, and actually he was also a pastor, said this. This mindset, this pursuit for self-fulfillment is so pervasive in our culture's preoccupation with these matters that Commitment to life's most sacred institutions, including marriage, is often made conditional to the question, am I getting fulfillment from this? And he went on to quote Jan Adam and Nancy Williamson, authors of the book entitled Divorce, How and When to Let Go. Listen to this, to their words. Lingon Paringdoka author, your marriage can wear out People change their values and lifestyle. People want to experience new things. Change is part of life. Change and personal growth are traits for you to be proud of, indicative of vital searching mind. You must accept the reality that in today's multifaceted world, it is especially easy for two persons to grow apart. Now, here's an interesting statement from this quote. Pamina money. Letting go of your marriage, if it is no longer fulfilling, can be the most successful thing you have ever done. Getting a divorce can be a positive, problem-solving, growth-oriented step. It can be a personal triumph. See how subtle that is? surface value, But is that what marriage is all about? The same Bible commentator, Kent Hughes, gave his reaction to this quote, and I agree with him. He says, by making self-fulfillment the guiding principle of life, one can call a failure success, disintegration growth, and disaster triumph. That's crazy. How can you call that a success? How can you call that a step towards growth? It's a failure. Call it a failure. It's a disintegration of a basic <clears throat> unit of society. 
called a family. And if someone will consider, okay, if someone will consider the effects of divorce, especially dili lang sa husband and wife, especially po sa mga anak nila, this is easier said than done. If you have ever met people who have experienced divorce before, your heart will break down for them. It's not easy for them. It's a disaster. It's not easy. Okay? I've met, you know, I have some friends na naka-experience with divorce, and you can hear it from their words. You can tell it from their facial expression when they talk about their previous marriage that failed. I mean, they've invested so much in those in, in, in their marriage before. And they, they go out there still hurting, still trying to recover, still trying to move on. And in the process, they have, whether they're aware of it or not, they have robbed themselves of the joy and the peace and the kind of biblical fulfillment that God is offering everyone who would walk in His ways. Sometimes, when you listen to their stories, it's not fair. Especially if they're innocent and they have been offended by their previous partner. It's not easy. Lawrence Kraft, writing regarding the growing and healthy emphasis of self-fulfillment among Christians, said this, and I quote, In the last decade or so, we have dignified the shallow appeal of be happy and feel good by substituting the more Christian-sounding in, in invitation to find a fulfilling life and become self-actualized. The joy and peace available to the Christian have become confused with a similar sounding but very different idea of fulfillment. This has been seized by our sinful natures and translated into a priority on subjectively experiencing this deep and a secondary concern with whether, listen to this, whether the route to fulfillment conforms to God's holy character as revealed in scriptures. And he went on to say, we have become so conditioned to measuring rightness of what we do by the quality of emotion it generates that a new version of relativistic ethics has developed that might be called the morality of fulfillment. You see, fulfillment nowadays, quote-unquote, has taken on greater urgency and value than obedience. So, okay, ang desire is self-fulfillment. For me to be happy, it doesn't matter if ang path nga kong isubay to achieve self-fulfillment is contrary to the Word of God. People have abandoned the Word of God in the name of happiness and self Fulfillment. And this mindset has invaded a lot of marriages and have successfully destroyed them. Okay, kung di na di na fulfilling yung marriage, magano magdugay pa magadiha. Kung di na kamalipayan si mong partner, biyain na yun. May share babayes tibo kalibutan. May share lalakis tibo kalibutan. Biyain na lang nasa. Kaya ang purpose man lagi sa yung pagminyo is para malipay siya at the very beginning. That's why young people. Do not rush. Ayaw pagdali. Okay? Usahin mga young people, you put yourself in a path that leads to destruction. Ang inyong desire, ang inyong intention 
is to be happy, to have you know a good experience in relationships. But listen to this: your intention does not determine your destination. mo determines your destination. The path you are following, direction determines destination, not your intention. You might intend to be the most faithful husband in the future. You might desire to be the most you know, faithful wife in the future. But if the path you're following does not lead you to that destination, you're not going to reach there. And the path, of course, is the path of obedience to the Word of God. Not disobedience to the Word of God. So mga young people, ayaw mo pagdali. Ay, makita mo ni Mr. Guapo, Miss Cute, ayaw, ayaw pagdali. Okay? Na ay mga nauna na ninyo, your parents, Talk to them about these things. Muna problema ko sa isang culture. Hilasan mangutang muisgut ani. Ang problema ko gud put, you know, parents, can I say something? Okay? Ang problema ko sa is dili kayo mo open up ang atong mga anak sa tuwa because kung muisgut na ganay si Inday o crush, muisgut nga ni si Dudong o crush, kasapan mangudayon as if abnormal sila nga naa sila crush. Diba? That's the most normal thing. Because they're human beings. We are designed for relationship. Men are designed to be attracted to women and women are designed to be attracted to men. Angay kang maalarma kung ang imong anak ng lalaki maibo kong laing lalaki. Kana. Kaya dili na normal. Kung ang imong anak na babae maibo kong laing babae kana. Angay ng istoryahan angay pagkini ng pasabtun maayog ikan sa pulong sige. Kaya dili na normal. Pero kung makrush siya sa opposite sex, that's very normal. A lot of times, we push them away. And kita ra po nag-deprive as parents sa opportunity to guide them properly, to help them choose the right person, to help them discover the will of God for their lives. Nga naman, because kasapan man ako da yun. Di man tamaminaw nila. So we are the ones who are pushing them away. So asa man sila mo share kabayan sa ilang crush. Tuwa silang barkada ng otro pangulay na haw. Okay? Or atos lang tao nga wala ang genuine nga love and care for them. That's the problem sometimes. Nagmatingan ka nga magtago-tago ay mga anak. Alangan magdili mo tago nga di man na niya mapunggan. Maibok magkita siya. So what do we do? What should we do? As parents, we should be open about that. Learn from your own experience. Murang po gagawang kasulay, anak. Okay? Di ba, dililililim tong musikin kang tago, mamukulbaan kang masakpan na tong love letter sa imong mga or ang text sa imong mong crush sa imong mga? Dililililim mo eh. So learn from your own experience and then, you know, be realistic. So, para sa ako ha, you know, my own personal conviction, I've learned this from my mentors. I've learned this from the books I've read. I would rather develop an open communication sa kuwang duha ka mga daughters, especially kay puro ni sila babae. Di ko ka na magtagot-tagot kung mga anak, kung mag-date-date, kinahadlok sila na ako kay si Papa Masuko, kung naay mamisita na ako, or si Papa Masuko, kung naay makrush na ako, si Papa Masuko, kung mag-iskot kung mga anak. I would rather develop okay, strong trust and confidence with my daughters in to the point that they're so open about that. 
to me because I want to help them. I want to help them choose the right person. I want to help them discover God's will and pursue God's will for their lives. I think usapunis na kung rason ano ang ato mga you know young married couples and ang mga minyo gas struggle. Kay walay mitabang nila sa una. Munang taas kayo. Kabalong ang Pilipinas is one of the countries with the highest rate of teenage pregnancy. I think around the world, not only in Asia. I think we're number one in Asia and, you know, top five around the world. Eh, magsinikrito mo naman, eh, kasapan man lagi. So, ito may button. Kitang mga parents, dilit na ito mapupil ang sugo sa ginawa sa ito. Ang nasa Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4. Do not provoke them to anger, but to bring them up in the admonition of the Lord. We could no longer teach them to love the Lord their God with all their heart. We could not teach them the Word of God. We could not teach and model before them obedience to the Word of God because they will be avoiding us at all times, especially kung tinood na silang na ay crash or na naginangunyab nila. 1 Samuel 15.22 reminds us that in God's eyes, Obedience is more desirable than sacrifice or worship. More important than self-fulfillment or even happiness is obedience to the Word of God. Submission to its authority over us. We should not replace the Bible with man-centered and worldly value system. There's nothing wrong about desiring to live a happy life. But the path to the fulfillment of that desire should not violate scriptures. We are warned by God in Proverbs 14.12 and Proverbs 16.25. Listen to what the word of God says. There is a way that seems right to man, but the end of the path is destruction. Do not depart from the principles of the word of God. We know many brothers, sisters, and friends who have experienced and are experiencing the misery of divorce, and some children find themselves between warring parents. We mentioned Kelly Clarkson last week. Ako siyang gigamit na example because she's, she's very famous. She's one of those who have been deeply affected and hurt by the divorce of her parents when she was still six years old. You can hear that from the songs ngayang gisulat, ngayang ipangkanta. And that is part of the reason that God, why God hates divorce. Because divorce destroys what God has created. A marriage union between one man and one woman. When the Pharisees wanted to talk about divorce to discredit and destroy Jesus, the Lord, first of all, talked about God's original design for marriage. You see, we could not appreciate and understand why God so hate divorce until we can appreciate and understand his intentions and his design for marriage. Kung masabta lang yun nato, unsa yun unta di ay kanindot ang plano sa gino alang sa matag usaka mga kamanagtiayon. Sa kada kami niyon, makaanag yun nga, wag yun di ay ayo ang magbulang. Kay nindot kayong plano sa gino. Jesus reminded those who are trying to attack him that God himself is the author of the marriage relationship. 
God designed marriage to be an intimate union, the coming together of two unique individuals. The marriage relationship can provide the deepest intimacy possible of all earthly relationships. Walay makalupig sa marriage relationship. Except, of course, your relationship with God. But even that, okay, we can only appreciate our relationship with God. Kabalo mo, mga minyo, tinood natin mga challenges. Tinood natin mga heartaches, natin mga labads ulo that the singles could not relate to. Makaingon tao sa'yo, di ba no? Sa kabugat, sa ato ang mga problema, sa atong kami niyo, makikita, may pay, nagpabiling kong ulitaw, nagpabiling kong dalaga. But do you realize that only married people has the opportunity to actually appreciate the unconditional acceptance and love of God for us. Because the marriage relationship is designed to reflect the love of God for His own bride, the church. We'll talk more about that later on. You see, Jesus emphasized the permanence of marriage relationship when He said this, What God has joined together, let no man separate. God did not bring two of His beloved creation created in His image together in marriage in order to separate them and leave them deeply hurt afterwards. Siya buya ang nagdala nilang duha together in marriage. Kunyang iyara pa rin ang bulagon, nagkabalo siya, masakitan sila. That has never been God's design. There was never a thought about divorce when God designed marriage. You see, God's idea was for marriage to be a monogamous, intimate, and lasting relationship. Anything less than that is a departure from God's design. So young people, young married couples, those who are married, listen to this. If we want best results in our marriage, let us seek to follow God's design for it. Okay. But we know that when God designed marriage, it was before the fall and then Later on, Adam and Eve fell in sin. And sin changed their hearts. And I curse na gihatag ang ginoo sila as a result of sinning. And the curse is found for us in Genesis 3 verse 16. Listen to this. To the woman, God said, I will greatly increase your labor pains. Okay. With pain, you will give birth to children. So katong mga mga natay niya, expect that. But here's part of the curse. Dili lang na mo first. Here's here's the greater part of the curse. The wife to the wife to the woman. You will want to control your husband, but he will dominate you. So there is okay, ever since there has been a struggle for control, a struggle to dominate, a struggle to be in charge. But here's the thing I want to point out. Even after the fall, God's standard for marriage has not changed. Man's heart has changed. But ang standard sa ginawa para sa kaminyon, wala pagyapon na uso. Sin definitely brought complications and made God's intentions for marriage relationship extremely hard to achieve and experience. In fact, it is impossible apart from His enabling grace. And we know that God's standard for marriage has not changed even after the fall from the very reply of the Lord Jesus Christ to the question of the Pharisees. 
when they ask him the question about divorce, is it lawful for a man or for a husband to divorce his wife for any reason? Nanaasa Matthew chapter 18. Ang reply ni Jesus is to bring them back, first of all, to what God says and how God designed marriage from the very beginning. God says that is not so from the very beginning. That was not God's original design. So today, as we have entitled the message, What the Bible Says About Divorce, we'll focus primarily on two passages, Matthew 19, 4, 4 to 12, and 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 8 to 16. And here's the main idea. The main idea is this. Divorce is not a divine command, but a gracious divine concession because of the hardness of man's heart. Concession means, gitugutan. Dili ni siya sugo. Okay? Ang kami niyo on, o ang naay minyo, nga nagka-problema sila, even if na sexual immorality involved, okay, you don't need to be divorced. Although, as we will learn later on, you can. Okay? Because God has made it a concession okay, because of human weakness and the hardness of man's heart. So our question for us this morning so when is divorce allowed by God or permitted by God? Because it is permitted. That's why I want to give preaching a part two. I want to balance this uh, two messages from last week. There are two biblical grounds, and I say two clear biblical grounds. The third one that I will mention later on okay, is still debatable. You know, personally, I, I believe it, but there are there are others who may not agree with it. But there are two very clear biblical grounds that allows or permits divorce as a divine concession due to the hardness of man's heart. So let's get to it directly. Number one, divorce is allowed by God or permitted by God when a spouse commits sexual immorality. And let's turn to Matthew chapter 19 for that. Matthew chapter 19. Similar story. Jesus was confronted by a question about divorce by the Pharisees. And of course, ang ilang intention was to test him. Ang ilang intention was to discredit him publicly, was to destroy his reputation. And perhaps, okay, he would say something okay, about divorce that is consistent with what John the Baptist said. And hopefully, that will provoke the anger of Herod. And, you know, Herod will require his life just like what he did with John the Baptist. Ang ilang intention was not to seek for truth. Ang ilang intention was to destroy Christ. And of course, the Lord wisely replied to them by first of all, pointing them back to God's original design about marriage. But interestingly, in verse 9 of Matthew chapter 19, Jesus said this. This is the so-called exception clause. Okay, listen to the Lord's reply. And I say to you, let me begin with verse 8. Jesus said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. That was not the original design. You did not get married just to get divorced. God did not bring you together in order to separate you later on. God brought you together and His intention is that you will be together for the rest of your lives. Only death should separate you. But because of the hardness of your hearts, 
God made a divine concession and allowed divorce. In to Jesus, Moses permitted. He did not command it. He permitted it because of man's heart. And then verse 9, he said, And I say to you, and I say to you, Jesus now putting himself as in, in a position of authority above everyone else, including Moses. He said, Whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery. In other words, if naibana ngayong bulagan yung asawa and dili sexual immorality ang reason. If ang reason is anything just like it was practiced in the day of Jesus, monigi hukta ni, you know, Rabbi Hillel, which was embraced by the Pharisees and the religious leaders and even made worse by Rabbi Akiba. You can divorce your wife for any reason, including burning your husband's meal. And she says, no, if you divorce your wife for any reason except for sexual immorality, you commit adultery. In other words, kayo mong bulagan yung asawa, nakapamakak siya anymore, nakagasto siya sa inyong savings, and there's no sexual immorality involved. Christ himself said, that is sin. You are committing adultery. And whoever marries that wife that has been abandoned by the husband, who is not guilty, by the way, of sexual immorality, also commits adultery. Pwede nyo? Otherwise, kung naiasawa, ibulagan siya sa bana, okay, for any reason, except, dilingkid siya sexual immorality, ibulagan siya. Katong bana, naminyuglain, he commits adultery. Because he's still bound in their marriage bond. That marriage bond has not been broken. And then, katong asawa nga gabiyaan ng bana, ug muminyo siya glain, because again, she is still also bound in that marriage bond, she also commits adultery. He who marries her commits adultery. They're all sinning against God. So, divorce is allowed by God here in this text, according to Jesus, if the reason is sexual immorality. And the Greek word, you know, translated sexual immorality is the word pornea, from which we get our word, our English word, pornography. And pornography simply means, or pornea simply means, you know, unchastity, fornication, prostitute, prostitution. And when this word is applied to marriage, it means sexual immorality or marital unfaithfulness in other versions of the Bible, which may involve adultery, homosexuality, and the likes. It is worth noting though, kakinig ang mga offenses like adultery, these offenses were originally punishable by death according to the Mosaic law or the law of Moses. So, in their time, okay, before they were um, occupied by the Roman Empire, when someone commits adultery, that person will be stoned to death. That's why not. Katong babae bitaw sa John chapter 8, caught by adultery, people began to stone her because that was the law. 
Okay? lang ko. It was punishable by death. So, because of that, kining mga sala, they terminate marriage not by divorce, but by death. Namamatay man ka, kung kumit ka gadulti rin. Di syempre, when, the, when one spouse die, tungod kay nakakumit siya gadulti katong mabiling buhay is now free from the marriage bond. So death was part. Di lang din doon nga pagka, klaseng pagkapatay. But namatay, mangyapon siya. So these sins, okay, break the marriage bond not by divorce, but by way of death. But during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, under the Roman occupation, Jewish practices replaced death with divorce because it was hard to obtain death sentence in their time. Muna nga ang, ang lalis ni Rab, Rabbi Shammai o Rabbi Hillel was not whether, you know, um, acceptable ba ang divorce or delay. Ang lalis nila is unta'y grounds for divorce. Accepted na sa ilang, ilang panahon nga na adri divorce. But the simple point from the reply of the Lord Jesus Christ found here in Matthew chapter 18 verse 8 to 9 is this. According to Jesus, there is only one ground for divorce and that is sexual immorality or marital unfaithfulness. When the spouse who commits spirit, I mean, um, adultery or sexual immorality is unwilling to repent, when a spouse refuses to turn away from his adulterous ways, then that can be grounds for divorce to be permitted. Again, I want to emphasize this. It was not commanded. It was only permitted. In other words, kung minyo ka, imong spouse, makakumit of sexual immorality, has been unfaithful to your marital vows, you can divorce, but you don't need to divorce. Kuha but you can. You are allowed. Although you're not commanded. So if dili mo siya divorce, you're not committing sin. Kaya kung imo siya kaman, then you have to do it. Or else you'll be guilty of sinning because you're breaking God's command. Kuha ninyo? Ang gisulti sa pulong si Ginoong, gisulti ni Jesus, kung makasala ang imuhang spouse and guilty siya of marital unfaithfulness, Involving sexual immorality, adultery, etc., you may divorce your spouse because that's a biblical ground for divorce. But according to Jesus, marriage relationship requires commitment that only death and ongoing marital unfaithfulness can bring to an end. But I say this as well. There should be room for forgiveness. If the offending party repents and is willing to be reconciled, the problem among the is this: okay? because ang ato ang mindset when we come into marriage is, you know, I'm getting married because I want to be happy, selfish without self-centered ang ang foundation, self-centered ang motivation sa pagsulod ni mo sa kaminyon at the slightest provocation. Kung makakita na ganikag mga apan sa imuhang partner, then you begin to seek for a reason to get out of that marriage. But marriage, as I've said last week, part of marriage is learning to love and accept one another despite of our faults and failures. 
mo na yung maka-enrich sa atong marriage relationship. Mo na yung maka-bring ato deeper, okay? More intimately in that relationship when we learn to accept one another's imperfections, one another's failures and faults. Tinood na mga irreconcilable differences between a husband and a wife, between a man and a woman, but these irreconcilable differences should not be used against one another. Should not be used as a reason to get out of that relationship. You cannot grow in the purity of your love. You cannot grow in the intensity of your love if gamay lang ganing sayop sa imong partner, ang imong unauna is daog na. Quits na. Anong nisulot ko mang kahan na? Muna na yun ko young people, ay mo, pagdali. It's a serious commitment. It's a serious decision. Okay? Number two. Second biblical ground for divorce. And that's found for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 15. But let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 7 for you guys. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 for a moment. Let me begin by reading from uh, let me read from verse 1. Okay? Verse 1. So, what ito ang, ang context. Now, concerning the things of which you wrote to me, Paul said, to the uh, believers in Corinth, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. The word touch there is not just, you know, touch. Okay? I touch you. No. That word uh, touch refers to sexual intercourse. Okay? Um, that's, that's the word. That's why um, si, si, si Eve, or I mean si um, Mary, di ba, ipanganak niya si, si Jesus as a virgin. Okay? He has not known a man, or Joseph has not touched her. Right? So, muna ang word niya lang gamit. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. Now, notice this. Well, immorality, have many wives. Singular Right? Let each man have his own wife. Singular. And let each woman have her own husband. Did he husbands? Okay. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her. Likewise, also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Context. Talking about sexual relations. For those of you who are in marriage, part of the reason why makaproblema ang balang asawa is when they are deprived of the privilege and the use and the exercise of the gift of sex. Young people, sex is not for you if you're not married yet. It's a gift from God. It's a wonderful gift. Married people, this gift can only be enjoyed within the bounds of marriage. Outside marriage, that is sin. Clear? I hope that's clear. So the wife and the husband 
you don't have authority over your own body. In other words, wife, your husband owns you. Husband, your wife owns you. So do not deprive, verse 5, one another, except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of the lack of self-control. So agreement, okay? Agreean ninyo ng But I say this as a concession, not as a commandment, for I wish that all men were even as I myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. But I say to the unmarried, to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them that they remain single even as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, if they get kakapugong, okay? Paul is being, being very realistic. He understands human desires. Human desire for sex, sexual fulfillment. If you cannot exercise self-control, let them marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Now, instruction now. To the married, I command you, yet not I, but the Lord. A wife is not to depart from her husband. Ayaw bulagi But even if she does depart, let her remain unmarried and be reconciled to her husband. So, if magbulag magaling mo, ayaw pagminyoglain. Your option is not to marry someone else. Your only option left, if magbulag mo, is only to be reconciled. Maguli mo. Mora na yung option good. If nagbulag mo, with no biblical grounds, walay sexual immorality involved, okay? Kung magbulag manggigaling mo, remain, remain nga, you know, wakailaing relationship. Because, if magminyo kaglain, you're committing adultery. Your only option is to be reconciled. But to the rest, mixed marriages. I and the Lord say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. So, kung naa-nailaki na believer, kung yan asawa nga unbeliever, but even though lain-lain sila faith, okay, usa Christian, usa dili, if ang dili Christian, okay ra niya, nga iyang banak Christian, ang admonition, ang exhortation sa pulong si Gino, ikaw nga Christian, ayaw bulagi imong asawa. And then vice versa. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. So believers, this is very clear. Para sa mga believers, you should not, we should not initiate divorce. Divorce should not be our option. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. But, verse 15, here's the second biblical ground for divorce. If the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. So, second biblical ground for divorce, for allowing divorce, is when an unbelieving spouse decides to separate from the believing spouse. So, kung ang imong unbelieving asawa mo, mo bulag ni mo, 
Huwag na tayo mahirps. Okay? Let him depart in peace. Aningon siya din na, the believer who has been abandoned by the unbelieving spouse is no longer enslaved, is no longer in bondage, is no longer bound in that marriage bond. Kuhain niya. So that's the second biblical ground for divorce. In such cases, Ningundang Bible, our brother or sister is not enslaved. If the unbelieving spouse wants to live and never come back, let them go. The believer is not bound in that marriage bond with the spouse who left. Thus, the believer is free to divorce with it and is free to remarry. Pwede siya magbinyo o puso. Divorce is not God, is not the ideal. Can't you say this? It is a divine concession to human sin and weakness. God hates divorce. But we must realize that if someone divorces and remarries within biblical guidelines, it is not sin. Though it is due to sin, we must mourn every divorce. And there's a third um, biblical reason. Wala na akong Personally, If na divorce before becoming a believer, so na divorce siya, nakasala siya, no? Before becoming a believer. So na divorce siya, afterwards, na Christian siya, name mo siyang believer. You know, that sin is just like any other sin. And that person is a new creation in Christ after he becomes a Christian. So para sa kawa, allowable na siya na divorce. But then again, wala ko nag-ibutang there because that's my personal view. Now, some words to the offending party sa naka-offend, sa nahimong rason nga nahimo ang divorce, there is forgiveness available if you repent. Divorce is not an unforgivable sin. Please remember that. God is a gracious, loving, and forgiving God. So come to Him in humility and trust in the power of the cleansing blood of Christ to wash away your sin. So ikaw mo'y nakasala, Sa kami niyon, munang nagbulag mo, pangayag pasaylo sa inyo. Ask God's forgiveness. And then move on. Right? To the victims of divorce. If ikaw anak ka, biktima ka, pagbulag sa inyo ang ginikanan. Or if ikaw ang spouse nga, itraidor sa inyo ang partner. Here's my word for you. Draw strength from the Lord Jesus Christ. Ask for the Holy Spirit's enablement for you to forgive the one who has wounded your heart. The one to whom you once committed your love and perhaps betrayed you. Extend forgiveness and put away hatred and all bitterness as we have been exhorted in Ephesians 4, 30-32 so as not to grieve the Holy Spirit. And if you are still on the path to separate or divorce, would you please reconsider? There's a story about a man. He has been married for 22 years. And the young asawa nakasala sa iya. Nasa biblical grounds for divorce. And so he filed for a divorce. And while preparing for the papers for the financial settlement, nakita niya mga karaan niya mga tickets, karaan niya mga, you know, checks nga iyahang i-keep as memorabilia sa ilahang mga times together. There was this ticket sa ilahang uh, trip, sa ilang honeymoon. And then na dito ang 
ang resibo sa hotel where they stayed for their honeymoon. And there was this copy of the check sa you know, uh, hospital bill sa ilang na bayran sa hospital sa first nilang anak. And, and dagan pa kayo to ng mga nautingkay niya ng mga 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 resibo ba sa ilahang mga trips, ilang vacation, sa ilahang you know, adventures together, sa ilahang uh, wife. Hangtod mo ata gijakagonta ni Hilak siya, iyang gibuyan ang tanang resibo kunya ni kuha siya sa iyang phone yang gitawagan ng iyang wife ni iyang kambulagan. Kaya siya nga, we have invested so much in this marriage with so many memories. Can we not divorce and can we start afresh? Wow, when I read that story, I was like, wow. Hindi kaya din. He realized nga, you know, there's, they have so many good memories together. Why would I allow a single offense to erase all of that? And as a believer, that's a high road. That's a high road. High road of forgiveness. You know, and I'm moved by this because remember, marriage is a reflection of God's love for us. His love for the church. And you know, church, we are the bridegroom of Christ. And we're not always faithful to Him, are we? Pirmi batang na loyal sa atong ginoo? Makaingon batang all the time? Siya atuang, you know, the only object of our affection and love and loyalty? No. We have been guilty of spiritual adultery many, many times. And yet, Jesus still loves us. Jesus will never consider divorcing us or separating from us. His love is unconditional. I say this because even as a pastor, I know I'm, I'm guilty of, of sinning against God. But I'm thankful that I serve a God. I serve this God named Jesus who loves me anyway. Despite of my failures and imperfections, His love remains the same. It's unfading, it's unending, it's unchanging. And that's a challenge. As I studied this, I was moved by this thought. There is no perfect marriage. How can two imperfect people come up with a perfect relationship? That's impossible. And if we take Jesus as our example and follow in His steps, with all of our imperfections and acts of unfaithfulness to Him, He will never intend to leave us or divorce us or abandon us. I would do the same in my marriage, although it's not perfect. Jesus is my example. Jesus should be our example. Husbands, wives, please. Okay? This is more challenge. No one needs to separate or divorce the offending spouse. And let your commitment to your marriage relationship reflect the love of Christ to His bride, the church. Let it be a reflection of His unconditional love 
of his grace, of his commitment. I will love you and I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Remember, divorce is serious because marriage is sacred. It is God who instituted it. Marriage is divinely instituted and ideally, it should not be humanly separated. And sa atong study sa Mark, when Jesus, from Mark 8 to Mark 10, gave his discipleship discourse, and there we can learn demands for discipleship. As his followers, we are to uphold God's original intent for and highly value our marriage relationships, even in a society where it is viewed as unimportant. You see, divorce is not a divine command. It is a gracious divine concession because of the hardness of man's heart. But for those who have experienced divorce, those who are, you know, nakaagi ng separation, katong mga nakaagi nagbulag silang bana kasawa, let's pray for them. Let's pray that they can get over it. Let's pray that they can, you know, move on in life and start afresh with God. Those who have been divorced with biblical grounds, okay, they are not sinning. If ang spouse have committed sexual adultery, if ang spouse may ibulag nila kay dilit sila believer, they are not sinning. So don't look down on them, don't judge them, but pray for them that this time when they are now remarried, that this time it will work for them. But this time they will enjoy marriage as God intends for us to enjoy it. It is a gift from God. This amazing God brought these two unique individuals together in a one union called marriage. And that should be a lasting relationship, a reflection of God's love, Christ's love for his bride, the church.